Hi everyone and welcome to a new episode of Realtor Talk with me Lloyd Rosales-Cox. Today we've got Chris Battle on the podcast. Hi Chris, thanks for coming on. Hi Lloyd, thanks for having me. And Chris is someone I've known for, for a few, ne- few years now. He, he runs the Property Hub meetups here in Dubai. Chris, if you can just introduce yourself, maybe explain what you do and how long you've been here in Dubai. Sure. Um, my name's Chris Battle. Uh, I work in construction. I'm a commercial manager. Um, I've been in Dubai since 2008, um, which was obviously just the last crash. So I'm here for the current one. Um, hopefully not. Um, yeah, I, I got involved with the Property Hub. Was, um, it's basically it started off with a couple of guys in the UK doing a podcast uh, for property, uh, property investment, I should say. Um, they started having some meetings, regional meetings. I contacted them to see if they had one in Dubai, and they said, no, do you want to start it? So I started that. must be maybe six or seven years ago now. It's a long time anyway. Um, generally, we meet once a month at the start of the month. Um, obviously, with, uh, this year has been um, quite disrupted. But yeah, so it's, 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 a, it's a networking meeting. We, we only have the one rule, and that is no selling. So everyone's welcome to come along. Just have a chat with like-minded individuals. That's the idea. Sure, and yeah, no, you're talking about Property Hub, so it was started in the UK. Um, why don't you yeah. explain what, what it is exactly? I know we have the meetups, and you've just explained it. And then what was your motivation, motivation for, for hosting it in the first place? Sure. Well, the, um, the, the Property Hub, is a, there's a website, there's a forum, there's some free information or education. Uh, the podcast comes out, they actually have two podcasts a week currently, um, which is, again, a source of free information. Um, very interesting stuff. It's predominantly to do with the UK, but, I mean, certain aspects of it work globally. Um, my motivation was that it's nice to talk to people. Uh, you know, you, you're investing in property you're generally doing it even if like, like myself me and my wife invest jointly but she's not half as interested in it as i am <laughs> and uh she tends to switch off when i want to talk about it so it's good to meet other people um and, and who doesn't like doing that over a pint yeah definitely fair enough and it's really really nice to meet lots of different people from all kinds of walks of life who have that same same yeah. interest when we when, when we do meet up I know I'm doing, I'm obviously doing a podcast now, but do you think it would be useful to have a, a podcast kind of like the Property Hub, but purely focused on Dubai? Do you think that would be useful for, for people? Oh, I'm sure it would. I'm sure it would, because there's obviously the certain parts of the property um, property market in Dubai that aren't the same as the UK, uh, like, you know, taxes and uh, freeholds and how things are, mm-hmm. like the, the legal side of it. I mean, it's quite it's quite complicated in the UK. That doesn't mean that you immediately understand the situation in the UAE. So certainly, yeah, I, I, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I think it's probably missing actually here because a lot of people don't necessarily know the ins and out, the workings of it. It would be a good source of, of information for people and who are looking to build yeah. up a, a portfolio. Um, and you, know, you said that you, you love uh, investing in properties. Obviously, you've set up the property hub. Your wife sometimes switches off when you're, when you're talking about it. Maybe well, always switches off. <laughs> well, what, what gave you that passion for, for real estate investment and, and what made you start in the first place? Well, we started out, we, we were what you known as a, an accidental landlord. Um, we had a property in London that we lived in. Um, we had the opportunity to come to Dubai, so we rented out our flat, basically. 
Um, so it wasn't it wasn't like a business decision or a plan or anything. It's just that we wanted to stay there when we moved back. Um, we got over to Dubai, loved it so much. We we don't know if we're going to go back. So um, you know, we, we, that, that became a that became a secondary business for us. Um, the after that, we decided to, to, to invest more money into property, um, certainly after listening to things like the Property Hub and other podcasts and, you know, doing a bit of a, a you know, bit of a in-depth investigation into it. Um, I'd say the, uh, you know, the benefits to property, I, I don't only invest in property. We use the rent, the income from rent. We invest in ETFs, etc. But our primary goal is to, uh, you know, to replace our income, certainly at retirement age probably before you know we make we're in a good position at the moment um so our, our goal is to replace our income and property gives you a very good regular income um and it's something i don't think people consider you, you have a lot of people that are investing in or, or consider themselves as the, the financial independence retire early movement the fire movement yeah. um and that's an excellent idea what i think property adds to that is where the the fire movement would look at a pot of money decide that they can take down draw down four percent a year mm-hmm. um now regardless of what the value whether the value has gone up or down you take four percent that should keep you going for 25 30 years whatever the calculator is but the truth of the matter is if you've paid off your mortgages by the time the time you're looking to retire or or have this secondary income um you should be making four percent net a year anyway and you from property and you're never touching the capital yeah. You know, if the price of the property goes up or down, doesn't necessarily mean that the price of rent would go up or down. And in some cases, it's difficult to say at the moment, but in some cases where the price of property has gone has gone down, um, it means that, you know, the, the, the rent may even be inverse. So if, for example, no one's buying property uh, because they're, they're not able to get a mortgage, the market's very bad, there's no mortgages, people can't buy property, they've got to live somewhere. Um, they're probably going to rent or sell the demand. So that increases the demand. So there's reason to think that actually, in certain circumstances, there's an inverse relationship. If you're making money from rent or you're making money from capital growth, you're still making money. Um, so you're getting two bites of a cherry. Definitely, yeah. And you're talking about investing in, in different asset classes, like stocks, for example, there. And the fire movement is very, very prevalent here. I'm, I'm a member myself of that Simplify. Yeah. It started as a very very kind of small movement and I've been explaining it to some yeah. of my, my colleagues as well. Um, and, and yeah, it's a good way to diversify, not everything in property. But what Absolutely. people don't realize is that it's, it, with property you can leverage your money, where with, whereas yeah. with stocks you just don't have that, that option, do you? Unless you're you know, at a very high level where the banks will actually let you borrow to, to invest. It's on yeah. property you can actually borrow money that you, you don't actually have and leverage it to, to grow your portfolio much more quickly. Well, absolutely. And another benefit of that is that it's leveraging debt against property is probably the only time where inflation works in your favour. Mm-hmm. Because if you borrow $100,000, dirhams, pounds, Hungarian lunching purposes, whatever the currency is, if you borrow that amount today, you pay your interest over the next 20, 25 years, but the amount you pay back is that 100000 dollars, pounds, dirhams, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously the inflation rate, if it's 3%, that will reduce what you're actually paying back in real terms, might be only 75,000. Um, in that time, your capital growth, you would expect, inflation is very closely related to house prices. If you think that everyone's disposable income 
something like 30% is a, is a bare minimum of what people spend mm-hmm. on their dispo- disposable income. Uh, so when prices go up, generally speaking, that's affected because of uh, pro- property prices and yeah. uh, accommodation prices. So you can always, uh, it's wrong to say that property will always go up, but inflation will push it up. And at the same time, inflation pushes down your debt. It's, you know, it's, it's a win-win. Definitely. And yeah, if you're renting out your property, rents go up with inflation as well. And like you said, it's, that's always the big thing with the credit crunch, because I think in economics, they call it the wealth effect. So when, that, yeah. when your property is worth more, you feel you have more money and that's why you spend more. And then yeah. situations yeah. like it is now, it's the complete opposite effect. So Everyone's depressed. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, you're talking about your, your kind of uh, your goals to, to be financially free, essentially. Uh, when, when did you kind of decide that? And you know, when, when are you aiming to, to get to that level, ideally? Uh, to be honest with you, we, we decided we needed a certain amount of income to, you know, from property to replace our, that we could live on, that, we, that would cover our costs. Um, at the moment, because we've got debt against the property, we're not quite achieving that. But if the property debt was paid off, we would we'd be fine. So we're, we're currently, we're sort of in a bit of a cusp at the moment. We're between where we could actually retire, probably in the next couple of years, actually. Um, and we're saving, rather than investing in property at the moment, we're actually putting the money aside to pay off the debt uh, okay. in a couple of years. Um, and that's, you know, that's that's a... That's sort of quite a liberating thing. The, the property we live in in Dubai, uh, we own that, but we've got a mortgage on it. We're looking to pay that off by the end of next year. Um, that's the only property that doesn't bring in income uh, because we live in it. If we rented it out, we'd make money. It's fine. But this is the only. This is the one that makes me go to work in the morning. Um, okay. All the others are adding to the adding to our bank balance. This one is, you know, taking money out. Um, so yeah, we, we probably started looking at this maybe only five, five, six years. Well, about the time we started the, I started the property hub, so maybe six or seven years ago. Um, and since then, we sort of we've we built up portfolios, uh, ten properties in the UK. Um, we did have some properties in America, by the way, and we've got a farm in Ireland. But this is really the property business we regard as the one in uh, in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've built that up over the last six, seven years. Um, I'll be honest with you, I'd buy again because I do think it's a great time, but that's not really part of my goal path. Okay. So where, where I said my wife switches off when I start talking about it, when she hears me say the word buy, she switches back on very quickly and says no. So uh, <laughs> I would, I'd be very happy to buy a couple more properties in Britain, um, but that's not really on the cards at the moment. Any any spare cash is, is saved. Uh, again, we, in, we invest in, in stocks and ETFs, actually, mm-hmm. low-cost ETFs. That, you know, if we can get a return of six percent, say over the next five years, but per year for the next five years, um, the mortgage rates that I'm paying at the moment is only two and a half three percent. So it's it's definitely worth, yeah. you know, trying to include that and pay it down in the future. That's, that's what I was, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you because obviously you're saying you wanted to pay off your debts, but if you can get if the mortgage rates are low at the moment, what what's your thinking behind uh, paying off the mortgage rather than investing that money in something that will be a higher percentage return? Uh, than the sure. mortgage rates. Well, what, to, to, to clarify, there's, there's one debt that we're paying off and that's the one of the property we're living in. Mm-hmm. And that mortgage rate is actually pretty high at the moment. Okay. Um, but that, that one we're paying off, just like I say, because then we're free. After that, we don't have to go to work. Um, yeah. So that's, there's an element of 
satisfaction about achieving that. Uh, the other the other properties we're saving money against those. Basically, the, the rental income that we gain in the UK, we're, we're setting that aside. We're not actually paying off the debts yet. We're investing it, um, and the intention is we're going to get to a stage where we've got such an investment that we can pay off the debt if we want to. We probably will because that's when we'll say. That's it. We're going to go and live on an island in in the Indian Ocean or something like that. Possibly nice. Spain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you you're talking also about um, like the US and you know, farm in Ireland, for example. What what made you decide to kind of dabble in those markets as well? Okay. Well, unfortunately, my wife um, she, she inherited the farm in Ireland. Uh, it was a death in the family, and she she inherited it. So it, it's you know it's. it's with land being such an emotive subject within the family, there's only certain things we'd ever decide to do with that. And it's got a good rental income at the moment. And to be honest, we don't really use that money for anything other than paying for holidays. Um, but she's, she's rented that land out to a separate farmer. Um, but that's, that's again, it's, it's part of our portfolio and it's something we can consider if we need to, if we decide to move to a different country, we've got somewhere to, to sell that property and then buy a new property. Um, the, the property in America, we actually we sold them now, but they were very good for yield. We had, um, again, this was about five years ago, we bought a couple of a condominiums, they called them in America, um, and we managed to you know, always have them full. And the yield was good, but we had such a trouble, such difficulty getting the money from America that we couldn't actually do anything with it. Um, and then um, Brexit came along. Um, now I'm actually a Remainer, um, but I've got to say, I did very well out of Brexit because the pound dropped like a stone. So the dollar value went up. Um, we, we sold both of these properties and we actually lost money in dollars, but we actually made money in, in the exchange rate of pounds. So it was, a good, it was a good time to cash in and take all the money out of America because we, we couldn't use it for anything. It was, it was just so complicated getting the money out of America. Basically, I would have had to fly to Florida to, to take money out and, you know, the, they were good properties, but the profit margin wasn't enough to justify that, unless you were going on holiday, but you know, that's, that's a long way to go. So, yeah, um, yeah but I, I, I certainly had a good experience with it. It was, it was the banking that was the problem. Okay. Is it, you, can't, you can't set up a bank account easily there. Is that the, the issue as a, non, as a non-resident? Well, no. It, we, I mean, I don't know what it's like now, but at the time we did set up a company that we bought the property through. It helped us set up a bank account. They helped us set up a, uh, a tax number. Um, which you need to, to, you know, to trade over there. Um, and we got everything in place, but when the money was going into the bank account every month, um, there was no way of drawing it out. And, you know, I couldn't set up direct debits or anything like that. I couldn't use PayPal. The only way I could do it was to go in person because I was coming from the Middle East or I was contacting them from the Middle East. They were reluctant, shall we say, to send dollars over. They, um, they expected me to go in person, then set up the direct debit, it, it just it just didn't work out. It, in the end, we managed to. It took a long time, but we managed to do it by setting up a UK. Oh, sorry, a, a US dollar account in my Dubai bank, um, and then with a series of checks. But seriously, it took it's taken four months every time we wanted to cash a check. It was ridiculous. Okay, so it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't worth it. Would you would you consider though uh, investing again? Maybe not in America, in another foreign country. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I. Ideally, you know, my wife is is from Ireland. Um, obviously, Ireland are also in the eurozone. So, if we were looking to retire anywhere in Europe, it would be useful to have properties with a euro basis. 
Um, and certainly Ireland would be very happy to invest in. Uh, unfortunately, the European Central Bank have got a couple of rules about uh, lending money to people in denominations that aren't pounds, euros or dollars. Um, so it's something we'd consider. Um, we could get around it. We'd have to form a company um, if we wanted to invest in Ireland. Um, but we'd have to do it with someone who's actually based in Ireland for the last three years. It's, it, I mean, we could do it and we, we would consider it. We've got family over there. But it's just it's too much of a hassle at the moment. Um, and it's not actually in line with our plans anyway. So maybe one day. But I'd certainly would, it wouldn't, nothing would stop me doing it if I, if I was determined. Yeah, if you saw the opportunity, maybe, then yeah. yeah. Um, you, you're talking also before about you know, investing in property. It doesn't matter whether it's uh, capital appreciation, if you're getting yield. What, what do you primarily look for when you're, when you're looking at a property to invest in? Yeah, just to clarify, I, I prefer both. I was just saying that one, <laughs> sooner or later, you're going to get one and that, not the other. So um, I look primarily for yield, just because I, I want these deals to look after themselves. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd like capital growth, and I, I aim for areas where I hope there is going to be capital growth. But capital growth, you really have to consider that as a, as a bonus. In, at the moment, when you're investing in the UK, um, you have to have, uh, if you're borrowing money, the banks will do a stress test against you. And that's to make sure that your income through rent is high enough or to a certain level that will pay off your, your mortgage responsibilities. Um, well, if, if you don't achieve a certain level of yield, you will not get a loan. So yields are very important, especially now. I would say they always were. I, I, to be honest, I mean, like there's, there's been recent tax changes, I'll say recent last couple of years in the UK. They don't really affect many expat uh, investors um but it does affect some people and like it could be that you might end up paying an extra five or six hundred pounds a year tax at the moment because things have changed um well if you can't afford to take that level of additional cost your yield wasn't high enough in the first place so i don't think that that was a good purchase for you because th there wasn't you know anything could happen the boiler could break you know if the boiler breaks it's going to cost you three thousand pounds so if you can't afford a six hundred pounds increase in for example in your in your tax um then you know your, your your business is not covering itself so yield is very important from that point of view definitely i i'm i'm of the same school of thought as you and chris as well so i think it's yeah that's that's what generates the income you only actually realize the capital appreciation if you actually sell the property it's just the, exactly just the number on a, on a page at the end of the day so you have to actually sell that property to realize that the only benefit is really if you want to leverage further and then and yeah. use the value of the property to, to purchase another investment. But that's, that's something exactly. completely, completely different. Um, I, you know, I, I wanted to ask you as well, when you're looking for a property and for people who might, you know, not, not have invested before first time investors, what, what's the kind of things that you look for when you decide to, to invest in a certain property? Um, to be honest, you just about all of our properties have been um, pretty young. I've got a couple of new builds. I have a problem with new builds. I'm happy to talk about that separately if you like. But um, the um, the rest of them tend to be when we buy them, they're like in the first ten years or, or maybe fifteen years old. Mm -hmm. So they're in a pretty good condition. Now a lot of people don't like buying leasehold properties. Uh, we've we've done pretty well out of them. Um, you do have service charges. But then service charges covers a lot of the maintenance costs that you would, or even insurance costs that you would have had anyway, 
um, it's covering the management of the building, so you don't really have that much to do. You only have to deal with your tenants. Um, the, the, we look for stuff that generally is one or two bedroom flats, um, city centres. Um, we look again for yields. So we, we're really at the moment we look. We won't be considering anything under seven percent. Um, I bought the last couple we bought were actually ten percent yield, gross yield. Um, I've got no problem if I'm buying a property with sitting tenants. Um, all that I would strongly recommend is that you look at the ASD, the Assured Short-Term Tenancy Agreement, um, because obviously you're not in that situation. You're not just buying a property; you're actually buying a business, and you need to see what the trading terms of that business with your current customer are. Mm-hmm. So, um, just to make sure that everything's in line, that the deposit's protected. Uh, the appropriate certificates have been issued, that sort of thing. Um, the good thing about that, of course, is that you're earning money straight away from the start. The first day you own it, you're starting to get rental income. And you know exactly what the rental income is. It's very easy for people to tell you, buy this property, you could make £600 a month rent. When you go to market, you might not make that. If someone's in there at this time paying £600 a month, you know you're going to achieve it, you know, and then something something like the COVID happens and then, you know, someone moves out, you might have to give a discount. But in general, that, that that's what we look for. True, yeah, you can do your sums pretty easily when, when you know exactly what, what's on, on the table in front of you, can't you? Exactly. Um, okay, so that was really helpful um, for people. Actually, I wanted to ask you uh, kind of a top five tips. I do this with all the people who come on the podcast. I do a kind of top five um sure. top five tips that you'd give to anyone looking at buying a property or investment primarily very good okay um i'd say educate yourself um oh, first one i would say sorry as an expat buying in somewhere like the uk i would say if you don't have one already start the process of opening a bank account it just makes everything easy and you don't know how long it's going to take so i'd say that's my first one um second one is educate yourself definitely um the there's there's a lot of education that's free that you can use now there are a lot of courses that you can pay for personally i never have uh, and i'm always a bit skeptical about them if i'm honest but there is plenty of information out there for free um a little bit of an extension of that i would suggest that you um join the national landlords well it's actually now the national residential landlords association uh they have a big library of courses um, you can become an accredited landlord. They update you so you know the current regulations and legislation, what you need to know. Um, it's, it's pretty good. It's worth the money. Uh, sooner or later, I would not be shocked if we didn't follow the rules in Wales. Wales has a slightly different system from England um, where people have to be registered as landlords. I can see that happening at some point in the future. These people do it. If you're a member of this, this particular uh, agency, they, they, they register as soon as you become accredited you are, you are you know acceptable as a landlord um so many of that that's free isn't it um yeah. i wouldn't worry too much i know people say about location 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 and that is true but i think the problem is that a lot of people won't consider an area unless they know it very well i've been out of, I, I grew up in i was born and brought up in london but i've not lived there for 11 years it doesn't matter whether I buy a property in the street I grew up on or not, I don't know that area anymore. It's yeah. no longer local for me. Everywhere in Britain is 5,000 miles away. So, you know, look for the area that's good for your 
for what you require rather than the fact that you've got an auntie living around the corner. It's not necessarily the best deal. Um, and the fifth final one, uh, maybe a little bit controversial, uh, get rich slowly. There's a lot of there's a lot of there's ideas of like you know HMOs are very popular and they can give you a very good income. Uh, uh, what's it called? Um, serviced accommodation, Airbnb. That's very popular. Again, can give you a very good income. But these are complicated systems. Buying somewhere, getting used to having a simple buy to let, and then if you want to move on, do. Don't. I think too many people rush in because they see that HMO might give them a fifteen percent yield. It's bloody hard to make that fifteen percent because you're working harder for it, and a lot of people still have problems with it. Um, you know, it's it's not necessarily the best thing just because it's got a shiny number. I'd I'd say take your time and get it right. Uh, having said that, don't hold back. You know, feel free to jump in with both feet when you're confident, but don't don't misplace that confidence in just because you've seen someone on the telly saying I use HMOs. That doesn't necessarily mean it's the right way for you. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Take those those baby steps first. I think that I was reading somewhere the other day that a lot of people, when they start a property investment portfolio, they they only end up getting the first property because they make a bad decision on on the on the first one and it just slows down their their progress. So definitely, just take the baby steps and 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 look for the right property before trying to to get these massive uh, yields and stuff in a much more complicated process. I think that's definitely a thing to look out for. One thing I'd say, of course, like I'm saying, there's a lot of there's a lot of educational courses that you can pay money for, um, even the ones that are free, you know. But you will never learn as much as when you do the first the first deal. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that, that's when you that's when you learn if you like it or not. Uh, you find out about yourself as much as anything else. Um, so don't be frightened to do the first one. And if it doesn't go wrong, put it down to a learning experience and crack on. You know, don't give up. Exactly. That's more of a life lesson, isn't it there, Chris? Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for that. I'm very Buddha. Very Buddha. You're talking about location, 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 and everyone always kind of kind of goes on about that. A lot of people do like to stick to kind of the area that, that they know, in, uh, know about. Uh, I also don't agree that you should stick in that area because there might not be any good deals in that area that, that works for you. But how, how, how would you say if people were looking to invest in another area that they should go about it, especially if it's the first time that they're doing it? Should, you, should they still be able to physically go and see it or would you, you know, will be willing to be trusting to allow someone to, to source the property? Well, what would you suggest in that instance? Ideally, going to look at it is um, not just once, several times. I mean, obviously, if you it's, places are different on a Monday morning at twelve o'clock, eleven o'clock in the morning, than they are Friday night when the pubs are being thrown out. Like you know, there's there's a lot of difference. If you can, you know, if you've got the opportunity, then it, that's the best. Having said that, though, there's certain properties we bought without seeing at all. Um, you know, so I've trusted property sources. I've had a mixed experience. I'll be honest with you. Um, since then, I've bought properties without sources. Uh, you know, look, looking into the area, investigating the area. Um, I use Supla. I mean, right move as well, of course, but I prefer Supla. Uh, there's a lot of information, local information, available uh, at your fingertips, and you can have a look around. And even like judging the different postcodes in a certain town um, to see which one gives a better average yield um, gives you just to narrow down areas. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I've I've even 
taken a, like a weekend and gone to a town like Ipswich, in fact, uh, and just beforehand called several of the agents and said, I'm coming that, that those two days, show me what you've got. I ended up, I, I think there was three or four that I put an offer in, we bought two. Um, you know, to just concentrating your time, you get a better t idea of where the areas are and what you, what you can. You don't need to spend a lot of time. They've done very well, those properties. You know, I've, I've done very well out of them. Um, so yeah, I'd, ideally go and have a look around an area. The, the difficult thing is, uh, you've got so much choice. I mean, there's 65 million people in the UK, there's numerous places you can buy. You, you know, you might want a coastal town, you might want a city, you might want the countryside. There's, and there's hundreds of each of those. Um, so narrowing it down can be a bit of a problem. Uh, ideally, you know, you're looking for yield, ideally, I would suggest. But you want yield in an area that hopefully has capital growth. People like Savills and Knight Frank, these are major uh, real estate agencies in the UK. They, they give forecasts of areas and what they believe those areas yield, uh, sorry, that what their capital growth will be over the next five years. That's not perfect. It's not perfect, but it's a way to start. So if they're suggesting, for example, that Newcastle looks promising in the next five years, maybe that's somewhere you go and have a look at. You know, I'm not saying Newcastle, I'm just, that's an example. Don't, everyone goes and buys in Newcastle. I'm not taking any responsibility. <laughs> No, definitely, definitely. I think that's a great, great thing to to take your time, go to an area, and then use your own eyes firstly, but also find people that you can trust with local expertise. If you're not familiar with the area, like I said, asking multiple agents, and by having yeah. multiple, you'll 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 find at least one who who has good expertise and can give you more of a general understanding of the area to give you. Uh, yeah. Know, more insight into where the right places and the wrong places are uh, in the in the area. Um, in in terms of resources, like for anyone, you you're talking about, you know, you could you you learned for yourself um, about the property market. You didn't pay for any courses. You've talked about yeah. looking on Zoopla using the Knight Frank um, analysis. Are there any other kind of useful resources you can you can recommend to anyone for their own personal um, learning? Yeah. The I've got resources that I use. I mean, uh, specifically for finding properties. Um, certainly, the resources I use, like I said, the, the National Landlords or National Residential Landlords Association. Um, there's a there's a website and month weekly email called the uh, Landlord Law, uh, which is very useful. And again, this keeps you up to date with what what requirements you have. Um, a lot of forums, uh, Property One One Eight, uh, Property Hub. Um, I'm just trying to think this um, property checklist is a very good resource uh, a lot of information about the general property market for local areas uh, I'd, I would say suggest putting setting alerts for postcodes on Zoopla or Rightmove uh, keeping in touch with the agents in the area bear in mind that these people will be very happy to talk to you if they believe that you're sincere and that you're going to buy something from them yeah. um, so just phoning up for a chat and taking an hour out of someone's day and then not going back, you know, no one's going to accept that. So just bear in mind that you, you don't want to saturate them until you're in a position to start investing, I would suggest. Um, there's also, uh, fortunately, because I run the property hub in Dubai, there's several property hubs in the UK. Um, and we've got a separate WhatsApp group for all of us property hub leaders. So if I was thinking about buying in, in Newcastle, 
I'll just get in touch with Andy, the, the property leader from Newcastle. Do you know anyone? Have you got any contacts in this area or about the specific issue? Can you help me out? And most people in property are pretty help, helpful and, uh, and friendly. Um, so yeah, generally it's, it's good to have these contacts. If I was going back to the UK and I was considering an area, if I could, I'd try and go to National Land Landlord Association meetups in that area. You know, they have them every couple of months. If if I could coincide, that it's not always possible. Have a chat with the people in the area. You know, what's what are there social problems in a particular street? For example, the yield looks good, but you're changing tenants every two minutes because everyone's got an aspo. I don't know. It could be anything. <laughs> so um, you know, if you can get some local knowledge, and it's amazing how easy it is to find someone who's connected to you in some way. I mean, that's the whole premise of LinkedIn. Um, you know, so it, you, you will find someone who's in that area that might be able to give you help, you know. Yeah, it's definitely, it's about networking, isn't it? That's part of the meetups that, yeah. we, that we do as well. Uh, of course, you know, you're more focused on the UK. Um, how would you suggest uh, to people, because they might be worried about investing, it doesn't have to be in the UK, it could be any country across the world. Uh, how do you how do you manage to to look after those properties, find tenants, do the maintenance, uh, not being necessarily on the ground nearby to, to those properties yourself? Oh, I'll be honest with you. I never really had too much of a problem other than finding tenants because I'm not going to fly to Ipswich uh, and show someone around the flat this weekend. I mean, any profit I make out of that has gone on airfares. So um, I do use agents. Um, now I did find as well. At the start, when we, we had a smaller property portfolio, I, I, I tended to do all the management myself anyway. Um, it, it, it wasn't really that much of a stretch. And, you know, no offence to an agent. I've got a problem, for for example, I've got a tenant in Romford at the moment who's got a problem with a toilet. Um, and the agent contacted me to see what I wanted to do about it. I could have really taken that call from the, the tenant and had the same amount of input anyway. You know, so, um, but I do use full service agency fee, uh, agencies at the moment because um what i what i tended to do when i was buying a property i'd uh, i'd say can you do me a special deal if i if i use you for the management and i tended to get a good deal that way um so the agent that was selling would also become the, the, the managing agent and they they're very happy to offer a deal depending on the state of the market at the time um they've always been pretty easy to, to deal with like that um and if you're paying a finder's fee you tend to find that the managed, the full management service isn't that much more. Um, so, you know, if they're, if they're filtering out problems at three o'clock in the morning, it's worth a couple of percent. Um, that, that's, that's how I've managed it. But it would not stop me. And certainly I'm very confident, having been a member of the National Residential Landlords Association, um, I'm very confident that I'd be, I'd be very able to manage the whole portfolio if I was back in the UK. Um, even if it got to the stage where I decided to retire. I had extra time. Mm -hmm. um, I might only require the agencies for uh, finders, you know, finding new tenants, everything else I could manage. It's not as, it's important to get it right, but it's not as difficult as you might think it is. Okay, I think maybe because you've got the, the network of people as well who you can use to, you know, fix problems and you have the expertise in it and the knowledge of the, you know, the legal side of it, I guess, as well then you're, you're well versed. For maybe someone new, it might still be a bit daunting to, to put that yeah. on the plate as well. So it's better to just pay that, that fee and kind of have that peace of mind and get on with your normal day-to-day -day life rather than having to, to deal with the, the, the issues, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, um, 
I know you're, it's something I wanted to ask you. I know you've kind of mentioned it already about your wife kind of vetoing uh, purchasing any, any properties at the moment. Um, do, well, why do you think it's a good time at the moment to, to buy? And, and where would you buy if you, if you were allowed to? <laughs> uh, the last two properties we bought were in, were in Bradford and um, they've been very successful. Um, so I would, I would be looking at that area regardless of the COVID situation, um, it's, it's part of Leeds. Leeds, it's, it's a strange statistical anomaly, but Leeds is apparently like the third biggest city in Britain. Um, and that's only because they lump in the whole of Yorkshire as part of it. I don't, I, I'm not exactly sure why, but anyway, Bradford's very close to Leeds. Leeds is a major city. Um, it's, the, the yields are pretty good at the moment, you know, uh, and I, I would consider buying there regardless of COVID. But with COVID at the moment, uh, does this uh, reduction in, I'm going to say reduction because I've got more want than one property, there's a reduction in stamp duty, um, you know, so you're, you're not paying the, the normal stamp duty. I would still have to pay stamp duty as a second homeowner, um, but, you know, there's, there's a reduction which could be significant. Um, I also think it's always a good time to buy, um, unless you're in the, the part of the cycle where everyone's going crazy. Basically, if the Daily Mail says you will never own a property, sell, that's the wrong time to buy. But <laughs> if you're in that, it's always a good time to buy. You know, it's, it, you're, you've got a store of cash, you're generating income. Um, even now, it's a, it's a bit up in the air. I mean, our, all our properties are in city centres, as I said. So many people are working from home now, they're all thinking, why am I living in the middle of a city? I can live anywhere in the world and do my job. So potentially, that could be a problem for us. But so far, that's not been the case. Um, the, the market, there's a, there's a theory of the 18-year property cycle. I know we've, we've spoken o over a pint about this more than once. I don't know if you brought it up with your listeners. Um, but the, the idea is that approximately 18 years, it can't be definite, it's 18 years. Um, you, you know, if you say that year zero is the, the last crash, um, after three or four years, not much has happened. It's very bad, very stagnant. Then you have a rise of seven years. Um, then you have a mid-market wobble, um, probably a year. And then you've got the final seven years go like crazy. Well, this really should be, in, in the cycle, this should be the mid-market wobble. Mm -hmm. The trouble is we don't, we don't know the effects of coronavirus on the economy. It could be so extreme that it might not be the mid-market wobble. It might be the next crash. Um, I don't think it is because it's just there's just not as much construction work going on. The market's not going crazy, so it's not a bubble. There's no bubble at the moment. No one would ever describe it as a bubble, um, but there will be in the future. So I think it's a good time to buy, even if you sell in seven years' time. If there's a huge bubble and you sell in seven years' time, that's that's your like that's your capital gains value, you know. So th there's economic um, and general love of property reasons that I'd buy at the moment. Yeah, 100%. And if you're looking long term, it's it's a different story to if you're looking to just you know, make a quick buck, maybe on, on gambling exactly. on capital appreciation. If you're looking and you have the fundamentals of the, the yield, which is why I'm, I'm a fan of it as well. If you have that fundamental of the yield, then you're still making money no matter what the capital appreciation is. And then it's a bonus. Um, which yep. will, no, property goes up over the long term it's proven time and time again so if you're if you're looking on that long-term basis you're going to make money on the capital appreciation as well while you're making that yield each each month so i think that's yeah that's that's why i love property as well much like you yeah 
Um, I, I would just say, on the, I'm sorry if you don't mind me just saying on the no. subject of timing, I absolutely agree with you. Long term, the property should be the best. I'm certain that it is. That's why we, I'm putting my money where my mouth is almost. But um, I would say that it, you should consider when you want to take your money out, when you, when you make an investment. And if you're looking for anything really less than 10 years, then maybe you should consider something different from property. But it's a lot, as you said, if you're going to put some money into property and willing to leave it there for 10, maybe 20, 30, 40 years, even in some cases, you should be okay. The risk is minimal, you know? Yeah, I guess I've, I'm just starting my 30s, so I'm not as you know, <laughs> seasoned as you, Chris. But I think it depends where you That's are. Very polite you, way of saying it. Yeah, <laughs> it depends where you, where I guess what kind of stage in life you are, and and you know what you're yeah. planning to do in that kind of time frame. What what decision you'll you'll have but if you're kind yeah. of starting out and you and you have a chance to take long-term mortgages, all of this stuff, then you have that that opportunity Absolutely. to play the long game and, and make money slowly, kind of like you were, you were talking about before. Yeah. Okay, Chris, uh, I don't have anything else to ask you, actually. Is there anything else you, you think uh, anyone should really know about investing in property? Otherwise, I'll, I'll wrap up. No, uh, I think you've covered, I think you've got my full life story now. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming on. It's been really, really insightful. I think anyone listening or, or watching, and uh, yeah, thanks for, for coming on, Chris, once again. And look forward really to coming on a meetup soon. Yeah, let's see. Let's hope lockdown finishes. But um, no, I've really enjoyed myself. Thanks very much for having me on. No problem. And for anyone who's, who's listening or watching, I'll put details about the Property Hub. And if you're based in Dubai, come along for one of the meetups as, as well in the, in the near future. Brilliant. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks. Goodbye. Thanks.